It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 593, 593 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Joining me on the show today is my guest, Diego Ventura. Diego is the CEO at NoHold. NoHold provides an AI-based knowledge management system for the enterprise. And in today's episode, we're going to peek into the future a bit and talk about the role of AI, artificial intelligence, in interacting with your customers. There's this whole developing world out there, virtual agents and virtual assistants that are having dialogues with buyers to help the buyers identify specific solutions to their requirements. And it's really sort of a more effective, perhaps more interactive method to find information, let's say, in place of doing just a a regular search. But Diego and I are going to talk about that, but also get into the role AI is going to play in sales in the future. And this is not more of the, you know, AI is going to replace salespeople's story, because that's not what's going to happen. But it is about, we're going to talk about how AI will be a great tool to augment and enhance the capabilities of salespeople. And I think that is really the message that people need to take away about the role AI is going to play in the future to help sales. So anyway, join us for this conversation, if you would. And and if you want to see the summary notes for the conversation, go to andypaul.com forward slash 593. Get a breakdown of this and actually all the conversations on Accelerate. Finally, before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that we want to hear your questions about sales and sales management. And we've been having people now sending questions in uh, that you'll hear on some upcoming episodes. You'll hear the answers to uh, on our Friday episodes, my Friday episodes with my co-host Bridget Gleason. So if you have a sales challenge that you need some help, some different perspective perhaps, uh, and some advice, then we'll answer them on the air. So send your question to me at andy at andypaul.com. And we'll choose a question. The questions that we choose to air, actually those people who submit the question win a free half-hour coaching call with me. That's a $250 value. And I've already delivered a number of those coaching calls already. So uh, take advantage of it. So don't delay. Submit your question today. Okay, let's move on. I'm excited to talk now with Diego Ventura. Diego, welcome to Accelerate. Hi, Andy. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So... I have a standard question I ask all my guests when they first come on the show, and and that is, in your mind, what what is the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? Well, uh, there are so many, uh, so many. Well, definitely, you know, I, I think uh, getting a proper introduction, uh, speaking to the right people, I mean, continues to be a, a you know a challenge. A lot of people are relying on on emails and uh, I think that's a you know a, a, a tool a, a technology that is becoming saturated and, and and I think that's really the challenge how do I make first contact uh, with a significant party somebody that um, can be interested in what I have to say and uh, can take action I, I, I found that to be still um, still uh, the, the the biggest hurdle because then when you make contact uh, if you have done the, the the work from a marketing perspective and a positioning perspective everything else should should come but i think getting in touch with the right the right person is is the biggest challenge in my opinion okay all right well that's fair so yeah. how is your own sales organization structured Right. So we are a we are a small company. Uh, we do something very cool, and we've been around for for a long time. 
Um, so it's f- pretty much a you know a, a flat organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we do direct sales. Uh, we are organized by uh, geographical area, and then within a geographical area. We have expertise for the different application that we bring to the market. Um, so very, very straightforward, direct. Um, we are considering um, amplifying our effort through uh, through channels, mm-hmm. and uh, so we have a you know a couple of opportunity that we're working. One with the BPO, one with a with actually a, a carrier, a, a, you know, an organization that has a very powerful sales force. Sure. So we are we're exploring that that opportunity too. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about about Nohold. So what what was the impetus to start the company, and and what was the hole in the market you were filling? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, this is my second company. Uh, the the first company I had was the, the name was Tefra, and we did video mail, video conferencing products. Uh, we very successfully did a deal, uh, bundling deal with Logitech. Do you remember the video cameras of all the early 90s? They look like golf balls. Uh, they, they were very popular, and and a lot of them had our software in it. So it was great bundling deal for us. We were getting paid a royalty. It was great. But part of the deal was that we were supposed to do tier one support. And uh, again, we were a small organization and uh, Logitech were literally selling millions of those cameras per quarter. Mm-hmm. And so, and so we, we found ourselves with a tsunami of the product was really good, but still, you know, there, there were a lot of questions about the usability, adoption, etc. So um, I've always been passionate about uh, artificial intelligence since the day in schools. My, my background is, is in computer science. I mm-hmm. agree with the University of Maryland. And I said, why don't we use an expert system uh, to help us with that? Expert system, you can think of them, today they're called chatbots or virtual assistant, right? Right, right. You you could think of them as a live chat application, but instead of chatting with a person, you're chatting with an artificial intelligence. So we said we can build a virtual assistant and that can take care of the majority of the tier one requests that are coming in. And so we did. But in doing that, we said, wow, we're, we're not the only one that are going to have this problem. A lot of people will want to automate this process, either support or even pre-sales, right? Answering pre-sales questions. So at that point, I decided, you know, it's worth starting a second company. And so I started No Hold. And while the first company was bootstrapped by myself, this second one, I actually went and it became a typical VC Silicon Valley story. So I raised $15 million, one five. And uh, we invested the majority of the money in the technology, and essentially the rest is history. So that's how everything started. It was a real need that, that we experienced, and, and we realized that, okay, there are going to be other companies that, that need the same thing. So how is the, so we're talking about, you know, virtual agents, you said chatbots, which is you know, probably the mm-hmm. term people are more familiar with these days, uh, yeah. Yeah, sort of a successor to intelligent agents, is... Yeah, you know, self-service customer service. And let's start there before I jump into sales. So self-service customer services, yeah, you know, been around. That was sort of a big thing back in the early two thousands. Yeah, you know, right now and other companies sort of jumping into that. So so how is the user experience different with uh you know your intelligent agent versus you know just people searching a knowledge base? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so the difference in the experience is while 
a, a search experience is one where you type something in. And even if the search engine uh, supports natural language processing, meaning that you can type a, a question in, in plain English, even if the search engine supports that, the end user experience is always you type something in and the search engine comes back with a list of options that may be pertinent to what you typed in. You know, mm-hmm. the typical Google experience. You, the responsibility of sifting through those those options and finding the one that is good for you is still with the end user. What we are trying to do with the AI, machine learning, artificial intelligence, virtual agents specifically, and virtual uh, assistants, they, they, the terminology is used in the same way. Right. Um, what we're trying to do with that is changing that paradigm and make it so that you can express yourself, yes, in natural language, right, in plain English, but the virtual assistant may come back with a confirming question or a clarifying question. So in our platform, our objective is how do we get you to the most specific answer for you that that applies to your case as quickly as possible. So it's no longer, oh, dear end user, you have to see through. No, I'm taking you to the specific solution, the specific piece of information that you're looking for. That's the difference. One is more of a dialogue, what we are trying to implement right now. The other one is is a search. Yeah. So so in that taking that path of a dialogue is is you mm-hmm. sort of mentioned before is that is that you would um you know, you may ask a clarifying question. So, so how does how does your agent know when to ask that clarifying question? Very good. Because the idea, yes, I love that you asked that question, Andy. Because the, the the challenge is this: if I had to build a system like this, and if building that system implied that I had to script all possible permutation of a conversation with an end user, I would be never done. I mean, <laughs> no, it no, be, there's, it, there are millions, millions, <laughs> millions, right? Exactly. It's, a, it's absolutely a non-scalable proposition. Right. So if you want, where, where we have the patents on our technology is in the ability of creating those dialogue automatically. It, and that's where the AI component comes in. Actually, the AI part, the artificial intelligence part comes from two, two Two aspects, but one of them is certainly the ability of conducting a dialogue. So the technical term of the component that we use for making this happen automatically, it's called an inference engine. And the inference engine is playing a game. The inference engine assumes that the information are organized hierarchically. So say, I'll give you an example. Say that you're describing a product. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you, you're, you're going to have information about the product organized by categories. Uh, maybe there are installation and setup um, yeah, information. And, right. And just, just to clarify, you in this case being the vendor that's, that's going to deploy your system, let's say. Co- correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, so, so one category may be setup and configuration for the tool. The other one might be compatibility with other systems. The other one might be pricing uh, and warranties. So you have the, the information organized. That's what the inference engine likes. So if the information is organized hierarchically, then the game that the, that the inference engine plays to conduct this dialogue automatically is it first listens to the end user. And the end user may say, um, Diego, I'm interested in, uh, uh, you know, uh, is this compatible with uh, system X? Um, so the, the first thing the natural language processor will do is try to find a match in this hierarchical tree. 
And then the inference engine will ask questions to find a pattern of continuity between different facts within the tree itself. And when he finds that pattern, then he can realistically uh, you know, suggest one single solution. So, um, yeah, best way to imagine it, because I'm, I, I don't have a, you know, a slide or a board that I can draw on, but the best way to imagine it is, uh, imagine that you have a, a, a chess board, you know, the, the game chess, and mm -hmm. you have a board, and you want to get from one edge of the, the chess board to the other one, and the, the the, the information are already there, are, are the, the different square. The inference range is trying to fill in which square applies to your situation. And so it will ask first the, the first square on the first row, and then it will move to the second row and try to identify which one of those apply to your scenario and so on and so forth until it reaches the, the other edge. So um, that's technically what, what's going on there. But, but you're absolutely right. The, the key is how do you conduct this dialogue without having to script them? Because that would not be possible. And, and that's what we have achieved. Okay. And right now, it seems like you know, most of the applications, at least I'm aware of in, in this space, are sort of doing this as textual-based. But... but isn't that migrating to voice-based applications as well? We're seeing for customers, at least for customer care applications. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think for customer care, but you definitely see more and more applications for, uh, for sales too. Um, so in our specific case, we are partnering with companies like Google and Amazon to provide the voice recognition and the speech synthesis so that we can, we really focus on the NLU, the natural language understanding, uh, the, the, if you want the brain, and they provide the, the voice to the understanding of the voice and the speaking of the voice, which is the speech synthesis. So in our case, we are partnering with third-party companies. There are com other companies that have their own technology for, for doing that. Um, but the reason I was saying that I, I definitely see that happening with, um, with sales application is because um, the, the, the application for, uh, it's really around the corner, the, an application for shopping for computers where you can say, show me, you can, you're talking to your phone and you're saying, you know, show me all, all laptops that have an i7 processor. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, you get, you know, okay, I found a 343 laptop. And then you say, okay, I want the one with a 14 inches screen and the one with a 16 gigabytes of RAM and so on and so forth. And that kind of interaction, it's totally possible, requires two pieces of technology. One is the speech synthesis and speech recognition. The other one is the what we call NLP to SQL. The ability, you know, SQL is this very powerful database language. Sure. So, yeah. So the ability of taking a, a statement from an end user and converting it into an SQL statement, that's a very, a very powerful thing to do. So you, you combine this thing together and you will see more and more of these applications where and maybe even for this Christmas where we will be able to shop like that, which is super convenient. So you think it's coming that soon for this type of really heavily transactional type application for purchasing, for being for buying something? Uh, absolutely. I, absolutely. I would not be surprised if you see some of these application, uh, this virtual assistant coming up before Christmas this year. So what other examples do you have in the sales realm right now that you're working with companies on? 
Yeah. Um, so um, the, I, I can mention two. One, it's a customer-facing type of application, and the other one is an agent-facing application. Mm-hmm. So let me start with the customer-facing. So we, we call it the sales advisor. So imagine that you're um, about ready to buy a product, but in, in, so you're a visitor to your web website, for example, right? Well, there are, we have found that a virtual assistant has to be able to do, a sales advisor, virtual assistant, has to be able to do three things well to increase the chances that that visitor becomes a prospect or even a customer. And these three things are, it has to be able to educate so it has to know information about the product and relate those information clearly to the end user. It has to be able to cross-sell and upsell, meaning that it has to understand the scenario the end user is in and match that with what other options do, do I have. And I can give you an example of each if you like. And then the third capability, and this is kind of, it's a little bit more obscure and people don't think about this very often, but we definitely find it when we did our, our implementation. And it's this capability, we call it advice, to match the way in which a prospect is thinking about purchasing a product and the features of the product itself. Let me give you an example. Sure. We did, yeah, we, we did an implementation for a company that back then was selling MP3 players. Mm-hmm. And what we found very quickly is that when people were looking for the, the right MP3 player for them, they weren't asking, you know, how much memory does it have? How much, uh, you know, which is the kind of information that was in the uh, online brochure, right? What they were asking was how many songs can it hold, right? And being able to match the way they perceive the need for a product and the features of the product itself is the next generation sales advisor. If you can do that well, uh, the chances of uh, selling the product increase exponentially. So, yeah, right now you go online, you go to lots of sites. There's there are, you know, virtual agents. There are chatbots that that exist. And I was um, oh, I got an email for a. A webinar that somebody is putting on that uh, you know virtually is promising within the space of a couple hours you can build your own chatbot, which mm-hmm. which seems to have a <laughs> inherently. If I were to spend two hours creating a chatbot, seems like it'd have inherently less capabilities than what you're talking about. So <laughs> so so is there going to be some sort of is there going to be some sort of uh, general agreement about what constitutes you know, an intelligent agent versus a chatbot or an intelligent chatbot versus something else just to help clarify for people what's really going on? Yeah, yeah. And Andy, you're, you're pointing the finger at something that is, I think it's kind of plaguing a little bit our industry in that there is a, such a confusion on the nomenclature and the way things are, are talking about things just because, you know, everything is evolving organically. I think this. I uh, kind of like the the definition that Gardner gives about uh, virtu- virtual assistant. And they make a point to call it virtual assistant. And that's why you have heard me using the virtual assistant, virtualism term more than chatbots. Because uh, chatbots are building a name that might not be very... I, I'm not sure I want to associate my brand with that terminology. Simply because chatbots right now are becoming these gimmicky yes i can ask 
you know, a couple of questions, the virtual assistant doesn't know much, you know, and, 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 and that's a danger for our industry. So we make it a point to say, you know, no, we, we do a virtual assistant that has certain capability from a dialogue perspective, from an AI perspective, from the creation in terms of using in using technology. But there is a lot of, of, of confusion. I would say this, if we stick with the Gartner vision of the world, there are basically uh, virtual customer assistant, which are the customer facing uh, uh, assistant. And then there are virtual uh, enterprise assistant that are basically the one that are being used within the enterprise. Um, then there are these chatbots, but these are more the gimmicky, you know, bots of the gimmicky. Bots is, is becoming very popular as a term because it's short, <laughs> to be honest with you. But that's that's kind of, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it, it makes sense. Not bot, boom. It's, it's out there. But yeah, so we're being very careful. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, was just, uh, I was just at a, a conference last week and, and there were several people advertising their capabilities to develop chatbots and but to your point i mean it seemed at this stage that most of them were just sort of the key thing seemed to be that they were able to create like <laughs> like an intelligent emoji uh yeah. <laughs> like the old microsoft paperclip um so so you know in the, that that's a very good point right and so what we what we did and and if you want your your listen and can actually get a free a free account on our website. It's called albertai.com. Um, and they can really truly, if, if they're not using it necessarily for professional reason, if they want to just sort of try it free. And, and they can create virtual assistant out of documents. So up to now, if you wanted to create a virtual assistant using API.ai, using Facebook instant messaging, use some of these other very popular platforms that are there, you basically have to script down all possible questions that somebody may ask. Mm -hmm. what, what we are offering instead is, is a way to create a virtual assistant in this version of our platform, which is called Secura, that is just basically creating a virtual assistant from an existing document. And so why did we do that? Because uh, the, the typical paradigm is that company design a product, build a product, write a manual for their product. And if we can ingest that manual and create a smart virtual assistant that can dynamically answer questions about the capability of that, of that product, it, it, it makes a huge, uh, a, a huge dif difference for the, for the industry. And that's what we set up to do with this particular version of our platform. So at albertai.com, people can go there, grab it. And that, that truly, you can create something useful because, um, in fact, I'll give you a, a, a preview today, not in a, in a couple of hours, we'll send out a press release where to demonstrate the technology we have created a site with the um, virtual assistant on the presidential executive orders. So what we, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> go, go to albertinthehouse.com, <laughs> like in the White House, right. and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, like, you know, it's what we've done is we went to the White House uh, dog off site, and we're taking executive orders, and, and we did it for 
four presidents so that you know we didn't want to be apart with the, the, the last four presidents. <laughs> well, I was going to say we could we could use some intelligence today, but yeah, you know, artificial <laughs> otherwise, right? Uh, but that's just to say, you know, um, we want to build virtual assistants that are useful. Uh, the gimmicky little bot that just entertains somebody, it's not useful. But if I can, if, even in the case of this is a completely different arena, right? The political arena. But if I want to find information about an executive order and I don't want to spend the time reading it, I just have a question. Does it do this? Does it do that? Well, you know, do people get compensated by being on the committee? Things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's wonderful. Uh, it, and so I, we kind of a civic duty there. Um, sorry for digressing. I mean, no, 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 that's, to... that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so let me, so in the few minutes we have left, let me ask yeah. some questions really looking further out in the future, extending where you are with the platform and, and not just yourself, but others that you see that are, that are working in the same field. You know, it's one of the things that, that I'm very curious and a lot of people are curious about in terms of the impact of, of AI in sales as we go forward. And, you know, one of the great myths that exist currently today is, hey, AI is going to come in and just replace salespeople, right? The salespeople no. replaced by machines. And and others saying, no, no, you know, AI is just going to handle the repetitive tasks that, you know, within the sales process, perhaps, that, that free up salespeople to sell more. Sir, so how do you see it shaking out? You know, I I definitely I'm I'm an optimist in, in general. That's uh, maybe my Italian background. I don't know, but I I love life and I think it's all it's going to work out very well. Let me tell you, I see AI as an excellent tool to augment our capabilities. And just to be making a specific example in the sales realm that has to do with enterprise, we have a big enterprise company in the networking space that we, for which we have created a, a virtual assistant. We call it a marketing advisor for 150 people at their call center. These are salespeople that are pre-qualifying sales opportunities. So you might imagine this is a huge networking company there are thousands of SKUs of product it's impossible for a, for a, for a person to know about our product so what we did we created a virtual assistant that does two things for the agents while they're on the call and this call comes in about any of these product and these people have been trained for two weeks right the call comes in so what they do they have the virtual assistant as their sidekick and they can ask information about the product that they're being asked the virtual assistant will then guide them with the right, clarif- the right uh, qualifying question to ask the, the prospect. And then I will also help them with the strategy of the call. So at a certain point of the call, it will say, okay, now it's time to get a commitment, you know, and here is how you get the commitment. So that's the future of AI. It's a augmenting humans' capability, not taking jobs away. Well, you're talking about guided selling, basically. Yes, yes. So to a completely, yeah, to a completely new level, yeah. And so, and do you see that? To me, that seems like that's going to be really applicable, sort of, again, in a more transactional type of, of product or service that you're selling. But it seems like the more complex you get, I still think that, and you get more stakeholders involved in a decision than then you know that becomes a little more problematic. I and mean, certainly the guide part can help to a degree, but at some point people have to get involved. Right. I, I would, I would uh, you know, and what's interesting because I have two examples. So I have these networking companies. So you're right. They're essentially selling a box. 
So if you're selling a box, the, the application I just described will definitely help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I've also dealt with another company, another big company that deals with logistics. There, they can still use the, a tool, but it's used in a different way. So these are basically, essentially, this company in logistics does B2B call, where you, you're right, there is a strategy, there is a complexity that goes beyond selling a box. And for that one, you can still use AI, but it has a different role. So there, the role is, again, uh, the information that were typically packaged in, sale, in a sales training manual now are available interactively. So just before a call, wait a second, what are the three key points that I have to touch on? Boom, here they are. You know, so you're right, the AI is going to do different things in different situations, but it's still going to play a role to help agents and, and salespeople. So how do you see, and not that this is a trick question for you, but I mean, how do you see you using AI in your own sales Oh, no, it's not at all. So we are using it. Well, no, not, <laughs> to, using, not today, but going forward, how do you see? Yeah, no, no, but even today. So, the, the, for example, uh, we have done what, what you just described. So uh, what, what you just mentioned. So we were using it in our own sales process. So the, the material that we would typically have in the, in, the, in the sales training is now part of a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. And that virtual assistant is a tab, and people can see at albertai.com, they can see how they can do this integration very uh, quickly in Salesforce. So we add a tab in Salesforce, that in salesforce.com, that actually is our virtual assistant. So without even leaving Salesforce, people, you know, our salespeople can say, okay, wait a second, when am I, when am I supposed to convert a lead into a prospect? When am I supposed to convert them into a customer? You know, all the, all, so what we identify, again, there are different type of information. There are information about the product they're selling, the policies and procedure that they're that they're selling and the tools that they're selling. These are the three domain of knowledge that we are training our virtual assistant on, so that it can help our salespeople um, when they, when they're on a call or when they're preparing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it seems like um, yeah, what we think sort of project forward is is you know one sort of big evolving space in sales right now is is sort of content management. Um, sales enablement, if you will, and, and yeah. it seems like that folds very nicely into what you're just talking about. So that that uh, yeah, it makes it very seamless for the salespeople to be able to access the content they need at any one point in time in the sales process. Absolutely, and it, it's I know it, the, the next example I'm going to give you it's a little bit kind of dorky, etc. But we'll have fun with it. I'll send you a video as soon as it's ready. It's us using wearable technology 2.0 and Google Assistant to integrate with one of our uh, Alberts, so that you can be literally on the way to your call, uh, on the way to your sales meeting, and ask your watch uh, something related to that that meeting. So that's that's coming, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be a, a great word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it. The thing that's sort of interesting about that, though, too, is as at the end of the day, and this is we can have another conversation about this. Is is as I'm you know fascinated as I am with this is we still have to look what the limitations are because yeah. you know this guidance that that could be given to salespeople is still given in a vacuum, right? Because it's not there; it doesn't see the person the sales rep is dealing with. You know what it does to me is it sort of 
maybe narrows the field of possibilities they might have to contend with. But you know, it's what's still going to happen when you talk to another person is unknowable in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I absolutely uh, agree that you know human interaction and uh, uh, continue to be connected with with other people it's going to be key and uh, and very important. These, as as you mentioned, they're tools, right? They're they're just tools, uh, but they're going to become more and more prevalent and important in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, Diego, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but. Uh, tell folks how they can find out more about uh, what you do and uh, No Hold, and as well as Albert. You talked about AlbertAI.com and connect with you. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best way. AlbertAI.com. Uh, I'm pointing them there because there is a free downloadable thing that I think it's intriguing. Uh, and then uh, to connect with me, Diego at NoHold.com. And NoHold is N-O-H-O-L-D.com. Excellent. Well, good. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you again for joining us. No problem. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And you're very interesting. Thanks. And friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Come back. Join me again tomorrow for another great episode of Accelerate. Until then, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Leave a review for Accelerate. We want to hear what we can do to make this an even more valuable experience for you. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Good selling, everyone.